This is Dr. Saba Maruf, and you are listening to Unsung Heroes, uncovering stories of inspiration and action here on Podcast Detroit. of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Achilles and his gifts, Spider-Man's control, and Batman with his fist, and clearly I don't see myself upon that list, but she said, where'd you wanna go, how much you wanna risk, I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts, some superhero, some fairy tale bliss, just something I can turn to, somebody I can kiss. I want something just like this. Do 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 do. Oh, I want something just like this. And welcome back to another episode of Unsung Heroes, Stories to Inspire, here on Podcast Detroit. Our purpose is to tell amazing stories of ordinary people who have been sparked by their passion to become movers and shakers and change makers in our communities. We hope that by sharing these stories of positivity, we will inspire you to live a life of purpose and action. I am your host, Saba Maruf, and I am joined by my co-host, Calvin Moore. Hey! How are you, Calvin? I'm good. I I missed you last week. I did too. Wait, did we miss each other last week? Yeah, we didn't. Rec- we did two the week before, yeah. and then we missed Jess. Jess is here with us today. Yeah, Jess we was missed fun. you, Jess. I missed you guys two weeks hey. ago. Glad you're back. I'm feeling well. So yeah, I know. I it kind of I had a conference to go to, um, Michigan Psychiatric Society, where I was talking to residents about um, actually spirituality and psychiatry and mental health stuff. But I, I, oh my God, no, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Calvin. Well, religion and spirituality, okay, which well, you like to cool. talk about. I love to talk about both of those yeah. things. Yes, but so. okay, fine. Anyway, but <laughs> it was like I was—I felt like I was missing something from my day. So even though we've only, you know, this is our eighth episode, which I think is a um, kind of a milestone because have you ever heard? Have you read this? That I've heard that um, most—I guess on average, most podcasts on average or maybe majority make it to seven, and then it's. And it's, yeah, <laughs> I don't know oh, yeah, what so you're, you're hitting the sweet spot. Yes. Like, this means you're going to be a success and continue forward. Well, I don't know, but hopefully. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. So I was like, okay, eight is kind of a milestone. And today we are actually joined with um, our unsung hero of the day, who is a friend of mine I've known for a long time, Manal Kadri. Hey, Hi, Manal. <laughs> He's an artist and educator. Um, how are you, Manal? I'm great. I'm, I'm super excited to be here with you. I haven't seen you in a while. I know. I feel like I've seen you because of, you know, social media yeah. and, <laughs> and all that. But you still know everything that's going on with them. You'll ask them questions as yes, if you don't yes, know the yes. answers oh, already because right. you saw it yeah. on social media. Yes. <laughs> that's what I do. Uh, but no, I'm so excited to have you here, Manal. So just a little bit about you to share with our listeners as an intro. Um, so you have a master's of education, uh, a, a degree in master's and a master's in education in education leadership and administration that you received in 2013. And Manal has been teaching at Henry Ford Academy School for Creative Studies since 2009. 
where she's written curriculum and has taught classes such as product design, interior design, advanced painting, community arts, and foundations of art and design classes across grade levels. Um, So some of the projects that she's designed have um, received national recognition and acclaim and are part of some permanent exhibits right here in Michigan. And she has had featured projects that are located um, even at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History in Detroit, which is that's pretty amazing. I can't wait to hear about that. Um, She's a design thinking lead for the high school where she assists teacher teachers with curriculum writing in project-based learning and allows for students to solve real problems within their community. So I'm so excited to welcome you here today, Manel. Thanks for being here. Yes. So tell us a little bit, um, you know, so I read a little bit of the main things, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, You know, we kind of go way back. We actually, um, both of us lived overseas around the same time. Um, our families have known each other for a long time. And then it's funny because we were overseas and then we both ended up in Michigan and we actually were in the same high school. And I feel like we, you know, I feel we like just... you're bringing all your high school friends on. This I know. Great. Really? Yeah. Well, they're all, they're all <laughs> cool people that you exactly. know. I guess, and they're from high school. I don't know. No, I'm very blessed. So and... where, did, where did you live, Manal? I lived in Saudi Arabia for five years with Sabah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you were in the same country and then you both ended up in yeah. Michigan. Okay. And we yeah. went to an international school. Okay. So, and then we were at Lasser High School together, which is now Bloomfield Hills High School. Yeah. Did the um, school move or? You know, it, it kind of merged. The two schools in the districts, Avondale and Lasser, merged, and now they're Bloomfield Hills wait, High School. Wait, have okay. you driven by there? I it's have. beautiful. Okay, so here's mm-hmm. the deal. When I was in high school, I went to like this small, private Christian high school. And then when we graduated, they merged with our mortal enemies. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's what happened, that's what happened. What happened. That's what happened with you guys. Yep. Okay, and they oh. changed our colors, and oh. I was like, "What happened to the Lasser night?" But do you feel like, oh, they're yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird? It's gross. And or... it's on their campus. I mean, they built a beautiful school, but okay, yeah, yeah. So were you? Um, I don't remember. Were you an artist back then? Is that kind of when did your spark? When did your love for I think... art? I think um, in middle school, I think mm-hmm. um, going to Bloomfield Hills schools, we were forced to like kind of take an extra class, and I loved ceramics, and that's kind of what I did. Um, and it, it, when I got to high school, it was just one of those things during lunch. I wouldn't really want to sit in the lunchroom. I would just kind of go sit and make really cool pots and sculptures. Um, and, you know, it was just a way for me to communicate in a different way, uh, by making and creating and letting people kind of feel the emotions that I was feeling when I was making those pieces. But I've always liked art um, and creativity. Like as a child, I, I remember like going back home overseas with my cousins and we would make like outfits together in Syria. <laughs> we would get like little beads and, you know, it was like the first thing we would do when we would get there is go to the, the fabric, um, you know, fabric shop and buy like the coolest fabrics and make stuff. So that's kind of, I think, where I got it from was from my cousins back there, um, which I miss a lot. And mm. you Yeah, know. and that's what also, so our listeners know, so we lived overseas, we lived in Saudi Arabia at the same time, but neither of us are from Saudi. It was a time when many foreigners were there. Um, but you are, your parents are from Syria. Yep. And so you spent a lot of time there in the yeah. summers. and We used to go every year and we actually had, um, we were planning on going the first year of the war broke out and you know we haven't been since so that's really difficult because you don't get to see your family as much as you would want but you know social media helps because we get to keep on touch and facebook but um so your family members are currently okay yeah okay all right good they're good um but what's funny is because i'm not like affluent i mean i don't really speak that well in um fluent in arabic Mm -hmm. so uh 
you know, typing in Arabic is kind of difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always like those emojis. It's even harder for me since I don't know it at all. Smiley faces. <laughs> yeah. That translates, right? Yeah. Smiley face translates. It's yeah. universal. Yes. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I forgot that. So you started out with ceramics. Mm-hmm. Um, You've never made a Confederate flag box, right? That no. somebody accidentally br- did. You see this meme the other day? No. no. There's a girl like, oh, I'm in, I'm in ceramics class, and this girl next to me <laughs> made no a uh, Confederate flag box. And you see the picture of the f- Confederate flag box that this girl next to her is making, and then in the next frame you see the Confederate flag box on the ground broken and shattered, <laughs> and the girl goes, "Oops." I thought it was last week. It was so funny. It was super petty but hilarious um yeah i don't think manel's made anything like that <laughs> yeah I, no <laughs> i mean funny. like it was funny because i would just do it as a passion and my parents are like doctors everybody in my family's a doctor so that was it like seems to be a theme yeah <laughs> and, and, and friends that you invite on their parents tend to be doctors or wanted you to be a doctor those kinds oh of things. yeah my mom still wants me to be a dentist <laughs> but <laughs> um i don't know i think uh so it was a way for me to like be good at what i did and it was just like i kept getting sh- put in shows and then you know, I was like, it was came to the point where I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? Where, where am I going to go to college? Um, and so the last year is when I started drawing. You know, I never really drew. I drew for fun, but never like actually learned how to draw. And so I had to do that to to build my portfolio to get into college. And, um, you know, it was it was hard to, you know, convince my parents that I could do it. But we have a really close family friend, um, you know, Ilham Mahfouz. She's uh, my mom's really good friend. And she always inspired me because she. She makes like the coolest, brightest colors, art, the way she dressed, the way she comes into a room. She's so sweet. Um, so uh, having her talk to my family and was really helpful. And I started doing interior design. So I had a really nice portfolio. I got a good scholarship and I went into CCS and that was just the best experience for me, um, you know, and I don't Tell know. us about CCS. I mean, I hear a lot about it. I went to Henry Ford for training and so I'd always drive by, but... I was wondering, you know, it's so amazing the creativity that must be within those walls. What was it like going to school there? Well, see, when it first started, it was really small. Um, and when I was there, it was small. And then they just kept getting, uh, it just, just kept expanding. And now they have two campuses. So they have like a design campus and the artist campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. And it was started by Henry Ford. Yeah. Oh. It was started by Henry Ford. Didn't know that. To teach men. No women were allowed at the time to design automobiles. Wait, say that again? It was. It was opened as a place for men to design cars. Oh, by Henry Ford. Now, of course, men and women can go there. Obviously, yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, and there's all sorts of different types of art degrees as well. But which is kind of cool. Continue. Sorry. I, yeah. So when I was the early on. like 1900s? Uh, no, 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 1930s, 40s, something like yeah, that. If I'm not mistaken. Early. Yeah, I should hmm. know that, but <laughs> yeah, <you> know. <laughs> um, I know that it was, it's been open for over 100 years. So. Um, we had a big centennial thing a few years back. I think, it, yeah, I think it was 1906, actually. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So, um, and um, I don't know, going to CCS was great because, you know, in high school, there's so many cliques and I played softball, um, but, you know, you just kind of, do, you're in your little niche, but in, at CCS, everybody's an artist, right? Mm. And that was so cool. Like, I'm left-handed and everybody was almost left-handed yes. there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like half the class is left-handed and, you know, in CC, interesting. And in high school, you're like the only one in the class. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, and, and the friends that I uh, made, you know, they're amazing. Like, Jason Maiden, he designs, he designed Nike, Nike shoes, the Air Jordans, he was the head of... Um, Air Jordans. One of my friends, one um, Katie Nestor, she does like, 
she's won Emmys for like a lot of the things that she does. So these people I've, I've I'm still really good friends with, um, and it was just a constant competition, like who could who had the best idea. And at the end, you know, you have these huge shows and senior reviews, and you're supposed to put up your show and see who gets selected. Um, to have the best internship. So it was, it's a strong competition. We never slept. Like, we stayed up mm-hmm. all night working. Um, but I learned so much there. And, uh, you know, um, I'm really happy that I had that opportunity, which is kind of why I, I wanted to teach there. When I found out that they're opening up a high school, I actually spoke to the uh, provost, the late provost, actually. I was really close with him, Emery Molnar. And I told them, if you guys ever open, keep me in mind. <laughs> and um, I was teaching at Huda School, which is a Muslim school. Um, you, know, I, you know, it was funny because how did I transition between an artist and a teacher? Mm. That was like a turning point for me. And, you know, growing up, it was hard to be an artist. And I didn't know if like the kids in our community had a chance to know that they could uh, actually have a career in art. And I wanted to teach that to the kids in our community. So I taught at a Muslim school trying to show them, hey, you know, you don't have to be a doctor and, and a lawyer and all of these. You could actually um, be really great at what you do as an artist. And I wanted to give them that because, you know, the only time I had it was when I was in Bloomfield Hills schools. It wasn't in private school. Um, and so I started there and I liked it so much that I was like, hey, let me go back and get my teaching cer- certification at CCS. And um when they opened up the school, they called me, and I've been there since, and I like it. It's really cool. So you're a teacher now, but personally, creating art, how has that, how has that helped you out in your own, in your own life? Um, what, um, do you mean like trying to teach and create art at the same time? Or? I mean, take it as you will. I mean, uh, art is a major part of your life, whether it's, you know, making, you know, ceramics and just, okay, just relaxing, it's expressing yourself in a different way, um, or teaching, whichever way art is affecting your life, what? I think it's like a mindset for me now. Um, I don't really separate the two. It's just Mm -hmm. staying creative with everything I do, talking to people, meeting people, solving problems, um, uh, and how I view the world, uh, and how I of you people in general. Um, that's really kind of how I've transformed as an artist. Uh, so I'm not making as much, to be honest. I'm, I'm more giving to, like right now I do a lot of interior design, um, and that's kind of my way of helping people um, have a little part of me in their home or a little right. part of me <laughs> wherever <laughs> they go. Um, and so, and then teaching, that helps because then my students know I'm not just doing it because it's a job. They know I actually love it and I'm passionate about it. Um, and sometimes that, like, we hit that wall. They're like, Miss Carrie, I don't, I don't really like art that much. Why are you pushing me so hard? I'm like, hey, man, like, try your best at whatever you're doing. Um, and, Tell us about the school. Yeah, I mean, sorry, yeah. you're speaking about the students. I didn't realize that this was uh, – so it's affiliated with the College of yeah. – It's within the school. That. It's within CCS. Yeah. yeah, so it's such a cool building, and I encourage you guys all to come and visit. Are you um, in the Taubman Center? Yeah. All right. The Center mm. for Design Education. Mm-hmm. Um, so – the cool thing is, is we're on the first four floors. Um, there is uh, the dorms for the CCS students that are there, uh, and then they have the 
Shinola actually makes her watches there. Mm. Um, actually, when you open my door, they're right outside the room. Yeah, I've so been on a nice tour of their little factory right. in there. It's very nice. Yeah, it is. It's super nice. And um, then they have their master's program in the same building. Um, we have a really nice cafeteria where our students and the college students all sit and intermingle together. That's and, really cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, what a so, nice way for them to like mentor. I mean, just not even mentorships, like just friendships and across age boundaries and yeah you know. so like most of our students don't go there for art which is kind of ironic right mm-hmm. um it's just a really nice safe building for students in detroit to go because a lot of schools are closing so mm-hmm. where do people send their students or their their children and uh, our school um we're growing i mean this is our eighth year open so we're we're trying to expand and um but that's the struggle you know how do you how you have students who love art and then you have students who just want a, a cool place to learn, right? It's a high, so it's high school, specifically high school? Yes. it's mm-hmm. No, actually, it's middle and high. Oh. Yeah. And um, they just recently opened up an elementary school that's not on campus, but it's somewhere else. So we're kind of trying to feed that whole design thinking methodologies for our students to grow and um, move up. But we have a, like a bridge program. So the students who are interested in art actually – go to CCS classes and they actually get college credit before they actually graduate. Wow. Which is I wish I had that chance. I yeah, know, right? And then like And they don't even have to leave the building. Exactly. Oh, and gosh. they're like, I don't want to go to college here. But then they go and they're like, wow, this is so cool. And it's so different than what they imagined. Um and then they also God, I there's just so many cool opportunities. Um they get to stay on campus over the summer. We have like almost 10 students every year who get full ride scholarships to CCS, which is like $120,000. And I'm, you know, that's a huge opportunity for per uh, student, 120000 I think Ooh. that's what it is. I know it's very expensive college. Yeah. It's like the top three in the nation. So, okay. Mm. Um, to get there, it's, it's really awesome. But to get the scholarship is actually really great too. Um, so, if a parent wants to send their child to an art school, this would be a good place for a high school student to start, you know. Mm. What is the student? So you said, um, again, it's students that, you know, maybe their own schools have closed down because of all these school shutdowns. So what is the student body like and what are your students like? <laughs> they they have a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> they run around the building like they own it. <laughs> but we love it. Um, you know, it's sad to I have so many sad stories I can't even tell you. And I realized, I think starting here, just a couple years back, um, I had a turning point. And I realized it's not about teaching anymore. It's really about building relationships to reach these students. Um, you know, some, most of them come from like single-family homes, uh, very humble families, uh, parents who are struggling just to buy supplies for their, their kids, um, low socioeconomic backgrounds um, who feel like they can't learn a lot of times. They just struggle. And we're, we really try to p- build a culture of um, like anti – you know, like just getting them to really believe in themselves. And um, we try to give them opportunities so that they could flourish, which they do have here. Um, but like I had a story of a couple years back where one of my, I lost a student um, – to he was to uh, um, gun violence. You know there was a mm. gun accident. Two of them actually, just this year and last year. But this student specifically, we were working on a project where they were drawing a silhouette, 
and it was their full-size silhouette, and he loved sports, and his name was Kinte. He loved sports, and the inside of the silhouette is supposed to talk about what you love, and the outside is supposed to talk about what stops you or what may hinder you, and he never finished it. I remember that mm-hmm. Friday he was tracing the lines of his silhouette. He did the outline, and he drew the path of Detroit, like going down, and he was going to have the Tiger Stadium and um, on either side, and he started drawing it. And um, he was, we were really close. He would never leave my room. Like, I had two doors. He would come in one door. I'm like, come on, Kinte, you got to go. And then he would come in the other door. <laughs> He's like, no, I got to get a pencil. So that was just so tragic. And his twin sister I still teach. Oh. Um, so I decided to take this art piece and complete it for the family because it was like his silhouette. In the inside, we had um, him actually path to heaven. Um, with like these birds that were flying, and then the ba- at the outside is where all the students we wrote um, messages to the parents and to his sister and his to his family, and I think that's where I really connected with this group um, because they realize that it's not only about learning; it's about you know that I really care for them and I really want them to succeed. Sister came into school after all of this, just like the week later. And, you know, his cousin, his uncle was my student. There was like a huge group of the the family was all there. And she was having a hard time just trying to start up again. And then so I kind of pushed her. I was like, Kiara, you could do this. Do it for him, you know. And she made the most beautiful art piece that was actually shown. Um at the one national building, building downtown, mm-hmm. um, and people loved it. It was she had like this wanderlust um, background with these clouds, and then she had the inside was a a womb with two twins. Oh. I know. Is it still hanging there? No, she has it home, and the, she has both of them. We framed his her brothers, uh-huh. um, and you know we really want them to know that we're here for them. Um, and so, you know, I really love them. I love these kids so much. And I think they know that. And that's how they're making all this r- really great stuff. Now, that's a oh, that's a tragic and tragically beautiful story at the same time. Uh, my, my question that I guess would come out of this is, uh, one, these are the stories that you don't hear. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that art can be used to mourn, the way that mm-hmm. art can be used to heal uh, but one of the things I do know is you do have the parents uh, who are very much, you know, be a doctor, be a lawyer, an art, artist. What, are you going to be a starving artist for the rest of your life? Are you going to get a master of fine arts? It doesn't make any sense. You need to have something that's viable. And I think that's played out often in a lot of uh, school board meetings in terms of, hey, what are we going to fund? What are we not mm-hmm. going to fund? The first thing to go is music and art. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got friends who teach in music in the Detroit public school systems who are like, yeah, they just – gutted everything that I was doing as a music teacher and now I'm a history teacher and I didn't major in history, just shuffling teachers around. What is that like for you as someone who lives and breathes art and sees uh, ways that it's been used to heal, ways that it's been used to mourn, ways that it's been used to teach a different type of thinking, to see that removed from so much of the American education system or not valued as highly as math and you know science and you know, to be honest, that's kind of why I went and got my master's in um, administration and leadership, because I, I truly believe that you need art. I mean, if, if you think about it, I have this pen right here. It's like a leaf, right? And it's super cool. Oh, that's a pen? Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. I was like, what the heck is that thing? All right. And everything we touch and see is designed by somebody. 
And we don't realize that. Mm -hmm. Um, And these are creative minds and it's constant problem solving. And so like I always have this um, battle between art and design. And if I had a child, like I would actually want them to really think about design and being you have to have the artist back, the artistic background and understand color and and drawing and all of that, because then you could take those skills and start designing for people, which is where you could actually make more money than um, doctors and lawyers. Um, And I think a lot of I, I used to work for Apple. Right and yeah. oh, I didn't know that. Uh, oh yeah, that's where I, I've I, seen I, you. Okay. I yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, I thought you would look familiar. It was a while ago. People always remember you. But I remember working there. I have a an, an, an iMac, so the big desktop computer, right? And there are people who go to school to learn how to design the just the boxes that mm-hmm. these things come in. And they're not a square box; they're a triangular box, so as to maximize shipping. So you can ship like five more than you would on a mm-hmm. pallet before. When they used to have a square box, but they're they're not just functional. They're actually pretty cool looking boxes, and it's not the guy like me with the history degree and the religion degree who's designing that kind of stuff. So not only is it functional, it's aesthetically pleasing, which is kind of which is kind of cool. So anyhow, yeah, that's packaging design. See, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know because I open up uh, toys and I'm like, God, these are impossible to open. <laughs> and I realized that there's a degree for that. Yeah. It's yeah. like MSU has a degree for this. I'm like, okay, well, you can tell someone really educated <laughs> design this because I cannot open this toy. <laughs> <laughs> Get a kid. They can open it. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they can open anything. Yeah, kids yeah. can open anything that's childproof. No, no, no. I can tell you that right like, now. Mom, can you open this? I'm like, okay, let me sit down for an hour here. <laughs> and then you need the scissors to like yes. get the plastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you're not supposed to cut it. You're supposed to like untwist it or unscrew it. But anyway. Well, continue. I'm sorry. I no, it's okay. Um, no, I think, uh, I think some schools are – they're starting to come back. Um, and, you know, like I, I do design thinking at my school. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at really awesome uh, different companies such as Mac or the Apple or um, Nordstrom's and um, Nike, these people actually hire design firms like IDEO and the D School, the Stanford Design School, to actually problem solve. Um, and this is something that – like I'm starting to train people from Singapore who come in to talk about design thinking and the methodology of how to like solve problems through so, like solution-based solving problems that way. Um, and we try to teach our students now how to do that. And if I think we switch our mindset from like, hey, art is just about making and really seeing what comes from it when you do create something um, beautiful, that's how we could bring it back into the the education system because it's it's imperative like having music and and mm-hmm. the creative mind that's a whole half of our brain right mm-hmm. so how are we ignoring one half when we're focusing on the other you need both all those right-handed people out there they can only <laughs> they think one way right they, yeah, they yeah, yeah. i played music in throughout high school Oh, but well, you're right. Yes, you did. You were in band. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. Were you thinking about the logic of how to play it, or were you thinking about the beauty of the music? Yeah, see, there you go. No, no, I'm actually, yeah, I mean, yeah, anyway. I was, I was speaking of sweeping generalizations there, obviously. So, <laughs> plenty well, of right people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, okay, so that's the design thinking. So, like, you know, kind of like, so your, you know, curriculum, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things I think that, I think when you contacted me, you saw that I recently got um, yes. nominated for Teacher of the Year. 
And I'm super excited about it. I don't know yet. They said that if I don't hear by next week, that's a good thing. So I haven't heard from them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I think one of the things that makes me a little different is the projects that I create and the curriculum that I have. So some of them um, are like just recently, you know, with – Donald Trump. I mean, I don't really like to talk politics, but um, with all the discrimination, you can in the come r- on my show in a few weeks. And we'll <laughs> <talk all> about <laughs> that, <laughs> um, racism and all the things that we were dealing with, um, being Muslim and seeing all these people suffering, and then black people, like my students, they were suffering, and it was just such a like it was so down. Like everybody was down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how can I get my students to realize and have a voice with this topic specific um, in mind? And so, you know, I thought, I was like, what can I do? And so I designed, um, I talked to Hagopian, which is a rug company. Mm-hmm. And they do this this uh, project every year where a student does a design from the, from the college. And they've been doing it for I don't know how many years with the college. They do a design and they make it come to life. And it's based on a wow. theme. So, like, they have graffiti and this year was about graffiti, and so I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna contact them. I do interior design. I actually bring a lot of my clients there, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Hey, would you guys be interested in doing it with high school students?" Or like, "We've never done it." And then I'm like, "Well, if I raise the money, if I raise the money, would you guys make this rug for my students?" And so they're like, "Sure, why not?" So I went on Donors Choose, wrote this whole story. And I don't know, some guy like from New York decided to donate like twelve hundred. It was like three thousand dollars. But I mean, a lot of friends donated. My family did. And um, and as this is happening, I have no idea if it's happening. I'm, I'm going with it. I'm telling my students, yeah, you guys are going to get this rug made. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I'll pay for it if I have to, you know. Um, but when it happened, they were making like, OK, so we brought a lady from a Holocaust survivor into this and she actually met Anne Frank which is like super cool for them to learn Um, I I paired up with the social studies teacher and the English teacher so that they could actually bring that into their classroom and then they come back to my classroom so that's like project based learning Mm -hmm. community building and so they designed these rugs everyone with a different theme and uh, in the end uh, I mean we're announcing the winners next week and then we actually have this huge art show, May 12th, where they actually see the winning rug. And the one that, oh, I can't tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, this will, wait, let's see. Oh, yeah, no, it'll be in a few days. I was going to say if the episode will drop. Yeah. Days. Okay, fine. We'll, but like, yeah. We'll I, be surprised too. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I could send a photo, but they're, I mean, you've seen some of the photos. They're so cool. Like they were talking about interracial marriage. Some of my Gross. St- <laughs> Disgusting. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm in an interracial marriage, everybody. So. I'm like, so like this kid, he designed these rugs, Anthony Patterson. He designed this rug that's like just really modern. Beautiful circles, but it faded from dark brown to light brown. And um, that was, you know, there's just so many different ones. One did um, the story of the three winners, you know. um, Mm, uh, Yeah. Yeah, Like, and you know, like, how do they relate to this? It's nothing to do. And that's what design thinking is about is empathizing, really Mm. understanding the problems of everybody, picking one and then solving it for you and to solve whatever the issue is. Then they wrote these really nice blurbs talking – you know, explaining why they designed this, why they picked it, what type of home. We learned about modern homes, interior, uh, modern craftsmen, um, traditional, uh, like just contemporary homes. And they all designed it for a specific home. And uh, we studied the winning rug. So that's like just one project. I mean, we've done – one of my students, she 
for three years, she really wanted to win the float design for the Thanksgiving mm. Day Parade. And the final year, I'm like, we sat down. I'm like, hey, Naomi, like, you, um, we have to look at what they pick. Like, you, you're an amazing artist, but we have to study what they're picking so that you could start designing with them in mind. The final year, she simplified the design and she won. And her awesome. and I went down on the parade float. That was super cool. And oh, then wow. um, McDonald's celebrates Black History Month. Mm-hmm. They they were doing this art show. My student um, did a beautiful design of Nelson Mandela the year he passed. And he won like a couple thousand dollars. He was so excited about it. And now he's at CCS. He's an amazing artist. And actually, the picture that you posted, mm, yeah, I was that's about him. That. He made that. He drew me and um, gave that to me his senior year. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. wow. I know. Really... So, so people are designing things. They're, they're learning how to, to think differently. They're learning that uh, art can uh, be an expression of empathy, which is really cool. Um, but seeing people's work from... Conception to display or conception to being in the Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is the second second largest Thanksgiving Day Parade in the nation, by the way. Ours? Wow. Yes, second only to Macy's because it used to be the Hudson's Thanksgiving Day Parade mm. and Hudson's and Macy's were in competition with each other. But we, I digress. We still have the, the second largest one. So that's kind of cool to, to have yeah, that on the national wow. stage. But that's from conception to um, – to, uh, is inception the right word? Creation, whatever. It's, it's, it's there. It's on display. So, But you've had your own Production. stuff. Uh, you've had your own art on display. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about um, your featured project at the African American History Museum. Well, Detroit. actually, that was another collaborative art piece. Okay. Um, and, you know, Felix Kuti, who is one of – he's a Nigerian uh, artist. Mm-hmm. He, he was known for starting Afrobeats. Um, they had a show in Detroit at the time. And I worked with Project Snap and basically every person in my building, they were like, hey, we want to do a a really cool project. Are you guys interested? So I was like, yeah. And so every student drew a picture of what they felt like the story of Fela Kuti was about, including me. And they basically um, created a mural taking all of our pictures and making them really tiny so that from far away it looks like him dancing. But when you get really close, you could see all the little pieces that came together. It was like a mosaic yeah. in a way. Okay, all right. Yeah, so that was that piece that's there. Um, you know, I my artwork is more collaborative right now. I'm not really doing things more of my own. Um, I just I really want to like get my students while I have them. I only have them for like a year to just see what they could do and get their names out there. I mean, when I was young, I never had that opportunity and that's kind of what I'm doing. That's my passion right mm-hmm. now. So get them their names out there. Um, so right now we're doing this huge mural that we're hoping to get into Art Prize um, this year. Oof, Art Prize is so great. Yeah, so ours is, I. it's got to win. It's so beautiful. You have to see what they're doing. You saw, I think you've seen some pictures just recently I posted of uh, what we're, we're doing. It's a 19 foot by 9 foot mural. And the guy that I'm working with, who I paired up with, um, he actually was top 20 a few years back. So Okay. Wow. I've, kid, only, I've only been one time. And the second, the one that won second place should have won first place, in Mm. my humble opinion, not knowing anything about how to judge art. Um, But it was a hand drawn piece and it was a horse. I want to say it was a, it was was giant and it was all done with a pencil. Could not believe the size of this picture. And it must have taken 
hours, mo- well, more than hours, yeah. yeah. Months? Minutes, at least a few minutes, at least a few minutes. Um, so, I mean, I remember going to that, and then there was another one that was, uh, the first place one uh, was much like a mosaic, only it, was, it wasn't seeing smaller pictures, but it was little tiny pieces. When you got close, you could see that they were tiny pieces of glass. Wow. And as you moved out, it was a picture of the of waves crashing against the shore. It was absolutely and in one first place, I'm like, okay, that's the thing. Between those two, I guess those would be the one, the number one, or the number two. But it was like I can't even wrap my mind around how people like that think who have that Mm -hmm. kind of creativity. The stuff that I've seen there, I mean, it requires so much discipline, and that's Mm -hmm. the thing where you walk up and you see something completely different when you get close. Is I think what people really like. It's like how do you get the the person to see the art piece and actually walk up to it is number one. But mm-hmm. when they get up close, how they see the different details and then you you switch that perception mm-hmm. at that last second. Like there was this guy, I don't know if you saw this one, where he had wrinkled paper on the wall and then this light would pass by and then once the light passed by, it would have a silhouette of all these people. Like it was like yeah. little children, old people. Like it just looked like wrinkled paper on the wall. <laughs> It was just so weird. That's amazing because it's so reflective of life. It's like you on first glance and first impressions, but then what's really underneath and all that experience um, and thought and everything that goes into it. I really like Chimera along uh, I-75. If you go to the Russell Industrial Center, there's a picture of the giant lion, right? Mm -hmm. We went to high school with him. Kobe, Kobe, uh, he was in your grade, I think. I I can't remember what his name is, but. That picture is amazing because it just looks like this really cool lion when you pass by. And my daughter, uh, she loves to do photo shoots downtown during the summer. And we'll go to the Russell Industrial Center and she likes to have her picture taken in front of Chimera every single year. Mm. And it just looks like a lion when you're passing by. But then when you get up on it, the mane is made out of paintbrushes. His body is the engine of a car. Mm, I mean, it's just really, really intricate details. For me, this is going to be like – Gonna date myself. It it reminds me of uh, the highlights for children. You know when oh yeah, oh my kids still love those. Find the hidden stuff in the pictures. Oh yeah, (laughs) I do. It's like the one nice thing of going to the doctor's office. They have those. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) I need to bring those back to doctors' offices. If you guys are listening, doctors, I know Saba knows a lot of you. So uh, get on that anyhow. But now that's so amazing. Actually, a few things stuck out to me. Well, one, I love how you describe being collaborative, um, and how you are working with students. Um, that are, you know, the ones that definitely are struggling um, for personal reasons, but then even in this climate and kind of what they're making of it, how they're processing it. And, you know, in psychological terms, one of the most mature defense mechanisms is sublimation, which is expressing yourself through art. Um, And the fact that you're working together and then just the empathy building, because when we talk about bullying in schools, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like you can do all this zero tolerance and and they found studies have shown that that doesn't work. But building empathy is Hmm. really the key aspect of reducing um, bullying. Yeah, we have this program in our school called restorative practices, where if there is a situation where two students are kind of, you know, beefing, beefing, exactly. (laughs) We have these conversations. We bring them in a room and we get to know each other. They get to know each other. They ask questions, and and that usually helps resolve the issue because you wow. don't really have to love someone to respect them. But just hearing yep. their mm-hmm. side, be like, "Hey, man, you're you're really hurting me. Like, can you stop posting about me on? It's all you know. The social media yeah. is such a it's such a problem right now um, because of 
how easy it is and how it just how easy it is to make fun of someone, you know? And it doesn't stop, you know? And traditionally it's like you walked out of the school building and you were at least in your safe haven of home. But yeah. now it's like constantly twenty four seven. I think it's really hard growing up it is. these days. It is. Um yeah. so how do you um encourage your students that um you know, might lack the confidence or don't really see their potential? How do you Oh my God, approach this is them? like an everyday struggle. Um, just yesterday I was talking to him like, man, can you just sit up, please? Like, you know, it's hard. That's the hard part because they don't really, some of them just don't want, I encourage them by trying their best no matter what, you know, like really push yourself. Even if you don't love it, just do it because you know, you can do it. And the more you learn, the more you, uh, um, the more you try, the better you could see. I mean, like, how do you know that you can't do it? And how do you know this is not something that you could build off of? Um, so how to encourage them first, try to get them to trust me, <laughs> like really trust the the process of whatever we're going through, because I tend to make it really long. But then uh, the, my projects take a long time. But then usually I get a lot more success because we're really mm-hmm. digging deep. Um, and so keeping them on, ta- on task every day. That's a struggle, but you know that's it's fun when you have those struggles because then you it's a challenge that you want to surpass every day. Um, so I don't know. So all right, so we've talked about your students. We've talked about you know possible teacher of the year <laughs> award, which would be pretty cool. Uh, although I think didn't we have a friend of yours on a few weeks ago who's also up for that, or is is it? People said that they hoped she yes, would be up Yes, yeah, for it. that was Zainab. Oh, okay, Zainab. Oh, Steve yeah. had she's mentioned amazing. her. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah she's, she's cool. I got to meet her a couple weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Just, man, you've got some really cool friends. Thank you. Um, I know. That's why I wanted to do the show. I was no, like, right. I want to showcase so all these cool. amazing people. <laughs> all right. So um, teaching, own art degree, up for Teacher of the Year Award, Lots of collaborative art, all these really cool things going on around your life. But let's let's make it more personal again. Uh, pick a, pick. I know this is like going to be like. Well, you said you don't have any kids, right? No. So, well, if, if you were a parent, you would know this is an impossible question to answer. Like, it's like asking who's your favorite kid. Which one? Of, which one's your favorite <laughs> child? Although my mom could answer. And it's not me. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, uh, love you, mom. <laughs> so uh, who's your favorite artist? If you had to pick an artist. Oh, man. Yep. See, you knew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, or in, in different genres. If you're like, hey, if, if the person who does my favorite pottery, they, that's this artist. And the person who does my favorite murals, they're this artist, that kind of thing. So you can- well, my two favorite artists are Giorgio O'Keefe and mm. Frida Kahlo. Okay. And I think it's their stories that really um, stuck with me. I mean, both of them are very, very passionate people. Um and Frida, you know, I actually lived in the same building that she lived in when they were built um, doing the mural for the DIA. Overlooking the DIA. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. So she um, was so in love with Diego, and he just kept hurting her, like kept cheating on her. Men, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so, you know, how she overcame that and it was through her art. Um, and you could see the passion and the pain in her artwork. And I loved connecting with that. Um, it just, it's just so beautiful. And her pieces are not super large. They're just, they're just so meaningful. So I love Frida Kahlo's story. You know, I just read a children's book about her with my daughter, my mm-hmm. five-year-old, and she loved it. I love children's books. 
But and I didn't know I really didn't know much about her. I just know her art. Um, but in the book, they talk about how I didn't know any of this. She actually, I think she had polio as a child maybe but she did or she had some illness but she also was in a really bad car accident yes and she would had like an imaginary friend but she would think of all these art that she wanted to do and and actually then she would start drawing i guess in bed while she because she was bedridden for months yeah she uh she actually this is the sad part she wanted children so much that she kept conceiving but she couldn't keep them because Mm. her hips were so you know from the accident and that's what was like she mm-hmm. wanted to be this mother. She wanted to have a, a happy life with her husband. And she would try and try and try. And she just kept failing at it. And so art was her way to communicate that. And create. And create, yep. And wow. Georgie O'Keeffe, um, her colors, they're just it's so smooth, her art pieces. Um, she was the one who would do landscapes of, like, the American Southwest, right? Yeah, so she yeah. large flowers. Large, large flowers and then skulls flowers. of like, not antelopes, mm. but like, oh, I, I don't know what kind of animals. That was at the end of her, okay. her life. Right. So in the beginning, she was in New York. She met this man. That Thank she, you for picking two artists that I could actually be like, I know yeah, who those I know. are. <laughs> I know who those people are. All right. um, yeah. So in the beginning, she she was in New York and she met this photographer and they were they got married and they fell in love. And then same thing, like this man broke her man. heart. Man. Jeez. <laughs> And so she started painting these flowers. She 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 actually it's not even men that are good looking enough to get away with the crap no. that they're doing. And I know that sounds sexist, but I'm like, come on, Diego, look at Frida and look at you. Exactly. Right? Come on, she can do better. Don't keep messing up like this. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's ironic heroes movie. And I mean, you know, I didn't really know their stories until after I loved their art and then got to know them. So that's what's really weird is because you connect and then you find out and that's what makes it that much of a deeper connection. Um, so she, yeah, same thing. Like she, he, she was depressed for like years, you know, she and then she started creating flowers and beautiful things. And people like that. And she kept trying to go back and she would tell him, like, stop cheating on me, like, love me. And he would, he would still be with her, but never actually stop. And so she ended up moving down to New Mexico. And that's when she started doing the landscapes. And then near the end, she started doing the, the death, like finding beauty in death, which is those skulls. Wow. And she would like you'd see the, her if you ever seen her paintings, they're tiny, but it's just so smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. And uh, I love Chuck Close. Chuck Close is another. I'm out. Don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Right. You guys, oh, I'm sure if you've seen his pieces. <laughs> Chuck Close is... Um, I'm Googling him right yes, now. Yes. Check out his artwork. So he is a surrealist. He used to like paint these huge portraits of people, and he loved people. Then he developed a disease where he um, became a paraplegic. A quadriplegic, actually. He was in a wheelchair and he couldn't even move his hands. He could barely move them. And so he, div- he in his studio, he kind of slipped the floor. He had these artists and then they would make these canvases drop down and he would paint square by square, like in his wheelchair going from left to right. Mm. If you guys see these things, wow. they're amazing. He's like Johnny Erickson Tata. I mean. Johnny Erickson Tata, uh, she's quadriplegic and she paints with her mouth. Mm-hmm. And her paintings... See, people like this make me super upset because <laughs> I get it. Like people who have use of their hands and feet, you know, they're like, OK, cool. Get it. My brother can draw anything. Comic book stuff like great. And I'm a writer so I can I can describe to you what he has drawn, but I cannot draw to, to 
save my life. He can't write words like I write words. Mm-hmm. But then when someone's got like a quadriplegic and they can only paint with their mouth is, and they're still wow. painting better than you could. <laughs> with your hands. With your hands. <laughs> yeah. It like, makes me super upset. But yeah, uh, here's uh, some. But it's also inspiring. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. No, I, I that. Yeah, it's inspiring. It forces you to believe in yourself because nothing could stop you. You know, like that's what I'm like. No, if he could do it, you could do it. (laughs) Like getting that message across. I'm just going to go ahead and say false. (laughs) I can't even paint like someone with a paintbrush in their mouth. Um, Yeah, these photos are fantastic. Yeah. And And they're they're drawings. Those are drawings. I remember. Wait, so you're right. I've seen that painting. He, He paints them and draws them and he'll take the photo himself and then he'll draw them. Uh, wow! And he, he for those would, of you listening, we're like looking on Google yeah, right sorry. now, just like freaking <laughs> out over this stuff. So portraits are um, just kind of his thing, and he would just find random people and do them. And some of them, most of them, are his friends. And I love Andrew Wyeth too. He's a surreal. He just, uh, he just, he would like the detail, like the hairs on everything, and um, you know, Christina's wow. world. Christina's world is the lady who's laying in the grass, and you see that house in the far background and she's to the left. And so that's Mm. his, his painting. Um, But currently, I mean, my students, I have a couple students who are amazing. Joshua Rayner. Yeah. Everybody knows that photo. Yeah. Oh yes. I love his stuff. These pictures up. Yes. They're so cool. Cause like you walk up and it's just like, there's so much detail. Detail. I love Vincent van Gogh too. Like his brush strokes. I've been to his museum in uh, the Netherlands. Yeah. Amazing. just the text. I I don't know. I just love. I love it all. <laughs> so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So okay. My mom is a physician. I know that she's going to want to listen to this one. So she's a doctor, but she you know what she does. You know, we've had some stressful things in our family the last few years, um, and she actually has been designing. Um, like she does applique work and designing. Like she'll buy a purse and then she'll. She has her glue gun, and <laughs> I mean, she's kind of you know just kind of starting out, but she loves. She's always had an eye, and. I think just, I mean, it just speaks to all of, you know, everything we've been talking about is just the process of creating and how that can um, provide such healing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a child psychiatrist and the kids, it's, it's amazing because the ones that do write or act or, you know, have music, they have like, they have that way to process their pain and express themselves. Um and I think, and you can see the difference, you know, there mm-hmm. at the end, I mean, I've seen some kids that have gone through a lot. I know one memorable patient, um, her mom had passed away very suddenly in an accident. And when I first saw her, I mean, she was, she was one of my toughest cases. Now she graduated from high school and she's in culinary, actually. She did acting and then she was also in culinary. So just that whole thing of creating and you could see in her eyes, like she'd be so proud and show me like how she won first place in this culinary competition um, and so just, just that whole process of creating is art so powerful. Art therapy is yes. huge. Yeah. A good friend of mine is an art therapist, Shazia. Yeah. We have to have her on too. <laughs> <laughs> More cool people, yeah. Saba. <laughs> could go on Should for change you. the name of this show to <laughs> Saba's Cool Friends. <laughs> Saba and her really cool friends. <laughs> yeah, like the cool thing about art therapy is you have, you actually see the growth and you see mm. them coming out of whatever they're dealing with. And I think... That's just beautiful because you can't for sure like you could read it. But like with color, it's everybody understands like photos and pictures is a universal language that even if you don't speak the same language, you could still understand the emotion behind it. And seeing that growth is huge um, for um, people like I, I know somebody who actually would work with blind children and trying to get them. They would paint things that 
I mean, they never seen, but it still looked the way we would see it. Isn't that weird? Wow. Yeah. Even wow. again, jealous again. <laughs> Can't even see it. <laughs> so, still more beautiful than what I could do. So now we're going to wrap up. But what what's next for you? Oh man, uh, Teacher of the Year <laughs> But you've done so much. I mean, you've accomplished so much, and you're doing so much, and you're seem like you're such an inspiration. I would love it if you were my teacher. By the way, like you, <laughs> you, you would, you would. It's like a love hate thing. Like you're like she pushes us too hard. Oh my god! But then they always come back. They're like, oh my god, I learned Thank so much. You for, yeah, yeah, I mean that's like that's perfect. Um, so you have to be patient sometimes with the students and remember what your purpose is. Um, so even if they give you the pushback, don't let it be personal. Remember, it's not personal. It's just whatever they're going through. Um, what's next for me is. Right now I'm in the classroom, right? Mm-hmm. I really want to start um, hitting more of an impact to our youth because, you know, obviously they're our future. So how can I get broader is by being like more admin, try to help more teachers do projects like this to connect with students. I really believe in like project-based learning and community collaboration and people like you um, giving to the schools to make something happen. Um and uh, like that huge cycle, because you know, everything's a cycle. You could always get better and better and better at whatever you're doing. Um, so just kind of that's where I'm at. I want to first be more upper to help more and then kind of focus on myself. I'm start, I want to start like creating things for me again, um, just because I'm at that point of my life where I'm like, okay, I need this. <laughs> Wow, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Manel, for being here and sharing your amazing story. I'm so happy for you because you, you're just blossoming, blooming into this amazing person that's like that has so much um, passion and um, talent. But you're, I mean, everything that you're doing. And it's so interesting because I didn't even know our conversation was going to go this way. That's what's really cool about this process. It kind of all comes back to just the different ways that we're all helping, even on a you know social activism level. And there's so many different ways to be activists, and that's something that I mentioned, I think, in the first few episodes. <clears throat> um, but again, you're this is totally thank manifesting so that. Thank you. You're so sweet. Oh well, thank <laughs> you so much for being here, um, and thank you to our listeners. Um, please, I'm going to come up with a website at some point. But before you know, <laughs> I can help with that. <laughs> thank you. I'm like, I need to do this. Um, but before we get to there, if you can. You know, um, if you like this podcast, if you like the show, listen to our other episodes. We're up on iTunes, SoundCloud, our, our Podcast Detroit website, www.podcastdetroit.com. Um, and we have a Facebook page. Like, listen, share, write a review, nominate your own unsung hero. Um, we look forward to having you with us next time. We have a lot of great shows lined up. So thanks for listening and thanks for the support. Thank you, Calvin, Jess. Hey, and no Manel. problem. <laughs>